It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast, available on iHeartRadio every morning and also on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from. Sunday morning, it is back with us, the ninth day of October for 2022. Have you had a busy weekend so far looking at real estate around the country? Well, we are halfway through the weekend. If you have any auctions to attend later today, your dream property might be just around the corner. That could be falling true for you later on this afternoon. Whatever it is that you're doing in the property market, enjoy it, relish any moment of success, and be thankful too that you've got a roof over your head because not all Australians do. Now, coming up tomorrow, the question of is there an oversupply of apartments in some areas around Australia? And if so, how bad is the selling loss ratio in some of those areas? We'll take a look at that. And also, are people choosing boutique unit blocks where the specs might be higher in some of the problems with associated cracking and the likes from other larger scale developments have less problems associated with them? Well, we're going to have a look at that all tomorrow. We talk with leading property commentators with analysis, predictions, forecasts and what's trending every morning from 6.30. Hey, coming up in just a moment, it is the Sunday Rewind, some of the interviews, some of the predictions and analysis that we have done over the last seven days. If you're celebrating your birthday today for the 9th of October, David Cameron, the former Prime Minister of the UK, He is celebrating. Somebody who would have been celebrating is John Lennon today. And also in the history books, Elvis and Priscilla Presley. They divorced on this day after six years of marriage. It's your weekend real estate breakfast. It's the main centre forecast with PRD, selling smarter every day. And checking on your weather around Australia on this Sunday morning and expecting some rain today in Sydney, a high today for you of 18 degrees. In Melbourne, should be mainly dry, partly cloudy with 15. Brisbane, expecting showers to ease, a high of 25. And in Perth today, also partly cloudy, mainly dry, and your high today of 23 degrees. It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. How is the luxury market in your world going for you on this third day of October as we look towards Christmas now? It's crazy, Craig. October is the best month for all the luxury real estate agents like myself, especially we are selling to Asian and the Chinese. And we call that National Day, our golden week. And we have so many inquiries you cannot believe. So the market is, is going stronger and stronger. And tomorrow we're expecting another RBA rate rise. I won't bother asking you what you think in terms of whether it's going to be a 25 basis points or a 50 basis points because I don't think it really matters with that luxury high end in terms of what the rate rises are doing. Yeah, you know, for a lot of buyers, you know, lots of buyers are pretty much cashed up. So the higher interest will definitely affect a little bit. 
But, you know, one, one thing they're looking at is that the vendor's um, expectation probably is a little bit lower than before, before they ask like crazy prices. Now, maybe come down a little bit to a level they think is they want to sell because they know, you know, somehow interest rate will affect. But for the high net worth individuals, I think it's um it's time to buy. They think, oh, can I get a better price? And we're cashed up. And why not invest back in a luxury real estate? So it will affect, but not a lot. The Rose Bay Waterfront Trophy Villa Florida was sold for $45 million. Now, I believe that you sold that last year. It used to belong to Barry Humphreys, who let that property go back in 1991 for $2.5 million. Man, he'd be kicking himself. That's right. What a mistake. Incredible. Yeah, $45 million national record last year. And uh, it's 1,290 square meters. It's got a beautiful harbor view. And actually, it's a harbor front as well. And $45 million is, is a big price. We'll just get it done. Yeah, you got it done. All right. Great commission <laughs> check on that one. Enjoy your morning coffee. It's your real estate weekend podcast in review. Yes, indeed. And the Australian house prices are among the highest in the world. In fact, a recent survey shows that Sydney ranked second after Hong Kong is the least affordable city globally. Melbourne not that far behind in fifth position. Oh, absolutely. As the study you're referring to here is from Demographia, um, and they measure housing affordability in terms of how many median incomes does it take to purchase the median house. The median price that they say, or the multiple, uh, they say is a severely unaffordable market is five times the median income for a median house. That's severely unaffordable. In Sydney, you pay 15 median incomes for the median house. So that means uh, even the goal of being severely unaffordable is is miles uh, away. That then raises, of course, the moral question, what should house prices in Australia be? We have 3 million people with a mortgage. Those people are in absolutely difficult circumstances if house prices fall. It's, it's a nightmare for them. But how much should the box that you live in be worth? And it can't easily be, be answered. But international comparison suggests that we have we allowed our house prices to grow too high. And more Australians right now, they're in negative equity as, of course, house prices are falling. So that's kind of like a double whammy. It certainly is. And we've seen this before, though, in in the Western Australian market, uh, where at the height of the mining booms, lots of people purchased very expensive homes and they went into negative equity for probably four or five years, if not longer, which is, is, is psychologically an absolute nightmare. But in the long run, if the market continues to recover and house prices continue to go up, um, then it was just an uncomfortable um, period of time and the property ultimately will still have turned out uh, as a big win. Uh, but that's easy to say with the power of hindsight rather than when you're stuck <laughs> in, the, in the moment. It's the Real Estate Podcast across Australia, seven days a week. And that's the point too, coming back to Brisbane outperforming all other capital cities around the country. They're sort of maintaining that. Now you're dealing in the luxury end of the market. What has particularly stood out for you over the last 12 months there in Brisbane? Brisbane's the fastest growing city in, in Australia. Um, South East Queensland's the fastest growing region, Craig, and there's 50,000 people here coming over the border. So 
Obviously, some of those do have you know significant money to spend, and as Brisbane is still good value on these median prices, when you're comparing a property in in Point Piper for twenty million plus, and you're talking about a median value in Tenerife, which we I know we'll get to, the buyers who have the money think this is great. Brisbane's now coming of age with the James Street precinct. We've got a new airstrip. We've got a casino getting built. We've got a Cross River Rail. We've got all this new infrastructure coming into place. So it really is exciting times. How much of a factor, because you're dealing in that luxury high-end stuff, how much of a factor has, for example, somebody cashing out, say an investor cashing out of a rental property, taking the money that they've made, particularly over the last two years, putting that into a luxury pad for themselves? Is there a bit of that going on with the sort of clients you're dealing with? Look, there is a lot of that. Look, call the boom started when COVID kicked off. There's a lot of people who have got an extra million dollars or two million dollars worth of equity in their back pocket, which they didn't have, call it, you know, three years ago. So that's equating to pressure on on average sale prices. And it's no surprise we've seen this growth. It's all started with the baby boomers. They've all sold up the suburban pads they've had for 20 to 30 years. They're coming into inner city. The new farm in Tenerife are attracting suburbs that we're about to talk about. The pool of money's buying that sort of property because they love it, or they're going out into inner city, you know, to buying similar properties of lesser value. They've still got some of those, you know, endearing qualities of inner, inner suburbia, cafes, restaurants, and the like. It's your Real Estate Weekend Podcast in Review. So what does that mean sort of moving forward? Yesterday, I said that if you bring it down to 25, surely the next increase isn't going to jump back up to 50. That's exactly right. And I think when we take a step back and look at the bigger picture, the biggest signal that the RBA has given us with this 25 basis point hike is that there is a very small chance of another 50 basis point hike from here. The Reserve Bank has been hiking the cash rate extremely quickly. In fact, the last time we saw the cash rate going up, it took about five years to get that two and a half percentage point increase that we've seen in the space of about five months. So they've been going really quickly. They've started to slow down now. We think it's more likely that we'll only see 25 basis point hikes from here, including one in November. Having a look between now and the end of the year, we've still got two more months. Perhaps just for those mortgage holders, what do you think is likely to happen between now and Christmas? Are we likely to get two rate rises? What do you think? I think that the chances of another rate rise in November are very high. That'll be another 25 basis points. After that, there is a bit of a question mark. What the Reserve Bank has done in the past is that when they've started to slow down their rate hiking, they've actually taken pauses. So they do take a step back sometimes. They wait and see how those rate hikes are impacting the economy. And then if they feel they need to do more, they will. So sometimes that pause is a month, sometimes it's six months. We think that it's more likely to be on the shorter end this time, given that inflation is still very high. But the thing about this current situation is that a lot of inflation is coming from global factors. But this 25 basis point hike does show us that the Reserve Bank's not as worried as they were about the long-term impacts of those domestic factors. 
Now, you say that the RBA might not be as concerned right now, but on the other side of the coin, as you say, inflation is still high. So how long, because there is this bit of a catch-up, how much of a lag effect are we still waiting to see the inflation maybe be tamed somewhat from this point? It does take a while for these cash rate impacts to flow through. When people have a really strong amount of savings in their bank accounts, and that's something we are seeing, particularly with people with mortgages, they can actually increase their minimum repayments or pay more in those interest payments on their mortgages without actually slowing down their spending. People before COVID had an average of around eight months of repayments in their offset accounts. They now have an average of around 18. So we've got more savings than usual coming into a rate hiking cycle. And we've also got more fixed mortgages than usual. And all of that is slowing down the impact. Usually it takes three to 12 months anyway, but this time it means that some of these impacts will take 18 months or more to actually start hitting people's pockets. It's a weekend of real estate. Monique, let's look at the different types of property that somebody can buy for, let's say, around that $1.2 million mark and maybe a little bit more expensive up to that $2.5 million. So 1.2 can now buy you a two-bedroom apartment in most suburbs on the beaches, suburbs like Fairlight, Balgala, Queenscliff and Freshwater. You do probably need to do a little bit of work to um, one of those properties in those suburbs. Generally speaking, you get a bit more value for money as you head further north to suburbs like Collaroy, Narrabeen and Monavale. Alternatively, you can buy a one-bedroom apartment in Manly. Manly has held its value really well. This was definitely not the case last year. There's some really good buying in this price range because people are starting to offload investment properties in this price bracket. The 2.5 million can now buy a livable three to four bedroom home in parts of French's Forest, Beacon Hill, Alambie, Cromer, Wheeler and Eleanor Heights and Warrywood. Last year, this was a really tough price range to buy in, but there are a lot more options available now in this price range. Matt, a suburb's demographic profile is always good due diligence to do, no matter what suburb you're looking at. So what about the beaches suburbs regarding that and the lifestyle factor? Yeah, Craig, look, the the Northern Beaches is primarily a place for young families, but also we have a significant number of retirees uh, who equally love the lifestyle. There are just so many activities to do and, and, you know, something for everyone. We have some of the finest beaches in the country, including the the world-renowned Manly Beach and a coastline stretching up to north to uh, to Palm Beach with a multitude of surf clubs in between. Uh, If you like boating or any still water activities, uh, Pittwater is a fabulous waterway, which is home to some of uh, Australia's finest sailors. Uh, but it's not all about leisure. Uh, the beaches is serviced by express buses and, and ferries into the city. It includes the major shopping hub of Warringah Mall. Uh, it also has some excellent cafes and restaurants. Uh, but above all, um, the Northern Beaches is, is just a fantastic place to raise a family in a very safe environment. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 